Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello there, this is Dee, and welcome to episode 105 of the Benzo Free Podcast. Hang on just one second here. I just felt like doing that to start off the podcast today. I have this Tibetan singing bowl sitting on my desk all the time now. It was a gift from my good buddy JB. If you're listening to this, JB, which he does, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, just to let you know, thanks. That bowl's great. It. Um, I try to hit that every morning. To start off my day a little more mellow than maybe I would otherwise. And I think it's a good way to begin the day. How y'all doing out there? It's nice to be back to a regular format or a semi-regular format of the podcast again. I know we did a couple of the Benzo chats along the way. And a few other things in and out. And I also did that presentation where I spoke at the Benzo Warrior Group. And that's up on our YouTube channel if you haven't checked that one out. But um, it's nice just to have the, go back to the old format and kind of um, do what... Oh, what, I'm, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> to, to fall back into an old pattern that I'm familiar with and, um, and a routine and be a little less crazy and a little less chaotic and, and just say hi to all of you. I mean, I think it's with this format that I feel the most that I connect with you all. And just because it's, I love doing all the other ones. The The chats have been great. The interviews are great. Where the road trips, which probably have one coming up here, is great. But I also really like the old format and the, and the basic format. And because this is where I can share some of the stuff you are sharing with me. I can share with you what's going on with me. It's just, again, that connection that I, so often talk about on this podcast. Physically speaking, I am doing a lot better. The long COVID, or I don't know if it ever really hit long COVID, because I think long COVID starts in three months. And like I've said before, I don't even know that we had long COVID, <laughs> since my wife and I never really tested positive for it. But either way, the symptoms have started to ease now and um, significantly over the last week or so. And definitely doing better there, and that's nice. I think that's also allowed myself to feel things a little more after the loss of my parents. Most of you know about that over the last year. And my and my dog and my two cousins. <laughs> and it's been a hell of a year and a half. So it's I think it's opened up maybe a place for me to to deal with that, to work with that, to to feel that a little more. So having some more crying spells, having a little more emotional coming out. And I know I have a lot more to process there. It was a, it was a pretty crazy a year and a half or a year or whatever. And so it's nice to, to have that come out. I, I was downloading pictures off my phone yesterday and there were pictures of my dad at the latest stages and they were hard to see. And, um, that of course opened up <laughs> the dam <laughs> a little bit and so but it's good it's good um you know in in bind or protracted withdrawal of course I'm calling it bind now but in bind we so often you know either while we're on the drugs we have all that suppression of the emotions as we all know and for many of us when we come off the drugs that flood of emotion hits us but even after that, like myself, um, we start to get into old habits. And some of my old habits are suppression again. So 
I had to get a lot of stuff done and process a lot of things, but now I'm learning to, I mean, I, and to learning to process the emotions instead of just all the work that was around taking care of my parents. And so it's, it's good to feel that it's good to let that out. It's good to process that. And it even feels good. It, it's funny how crying and emotions and sadness can actually feel good. It's, I know it sounds backwards, but it's not. There's, there's meaning in that. There's healing in that. There's processing in that. That, that is good for us. Which brings me back to today. Today is August 20th. 2014. And as a few of my friends, a couple of my friends have reminded me today, <laughs> and I'm glad they did because I almost might have let it slip by. It is my eight-year anniversary benzo-free. Yay! <laughs> today I am eight years off of clonazepam. I figure I only have another four years to go to be off it as long as I was on it because I was on the drug for 12 years. But that's pretty amazing to think eight years. And I was already working on the book as I was tapering or before I started to taper. So I've been working in the benzo community with people for over eight years, I guess. <laughs> and it kind of, kind of wakes you up a little bit. But I, I just wanted to celebrate that with you because you are the ones who helped me get here. And I'm very grateful for all of your support, your love, your feedback. Um, you all are just rock stars, and I think that's pretty amazing. We do have a trip coming up, my wife and I. We are heading out to, I mentioned this in a couple podcasts, we're heading out to the Carolinas for my niece's wedding on the beach. That'll be on Labor Day weekend. And so as we drive out there and as we drive back, we might pop by and see a few people. I was trying to set up an interview or two, too. I'm not sure if those are going to work out or not, but always looking for that opportunity to do a road trip or in one of my road trips to to meet with you. So if you are on that path, a, some, a few of you have already reached out and I'm trying to get back to you and, and kind of figure that stuff out, but just let me know. Maybe we can stop by and do a chat or just say hello. It doesn't even have to be a recording for the podcast. It just would really be nice to meet you. Um, I've gotten to know so many of you over our emails and, um, and chats and, and YouTube comments, but there's still few things that replaces face-to-face -face meetings. And, you know, if COVID is a worry for you, absolutely no problem. I'm happy to wear a mask. I'm happy not to wear a mask. I'm happy to keep distance. <laughs> My wife and I are pretty flexible in that regard. We don't really judge people's opinions on it. It's just, you know, so we're okay with that, however it is. But if you do, let me know. Um, maybe we might be able to sneak that in on the trip. Um, I had a friend from South Carolina reach out to me, um, still trying to see if maybe I can make that one work. It's a little further south, but, um, and I had a couple other friends. So anyway, we're trying to see what we can do. And I wanted to let you know, but I'm really looking forward to getting back on the road again. I know it sounds crazy after I did 18, 20 trips now back and forth to Kansas city over the last year and a half for my folks, but I still like being on the road. I like getting in the car. I like that solitude, that, um, that break, I think from the craziness and from the routine sometimes. So that's, I don't know. I think that's really nice to have. Oh, you know, this has been a whirlwind, a kind of crazy, this year, uh, it's just been crazy. I think for all, for so many of us, for all of us, with all the things going on, but I think just for me with all the different Benzo things happening, it's pretty amazing. And I'm, I'm trying to kind of figure out where my focus is. The podcast is still one of my number one things. And the other things we're building here at Easing Anxiety, I'm really excited about. So I'm hoping um, we can get those launched here first of the year. I'm trying to spend a lot of time working on the website, getting it updated, getting things launched. Um, hope to have maybe this online group that I've been trying to develop um, ready to go in 2023. And I'm really excited about that. So I hope that'll that'll be the next phase of all of what we're doing here, but but a lot going on, and um, I'm still trying to prioritize. I'm still trying. To, I think we all do that, figuring out what are those key essentials we need in life to help us um, have that joy, have that meaning, that those things that are essential in life, without letting it consume us and overtake us. And 
cause symptoms to kick in and cause problems and such. And we all know that. So. Oh, I could just talk on and on. You know me. <laughs> it's so great to be back with you. Um, I'm sitting in the basement where I often am and at my desk. I'm looking to remodel here because especially if I do launch this online group, I'll be doing some more video and online and live events and stuff like that. And I want to try to get the backdrop in my studio kind of built. So I'm kind of working on doing some things there to make it look a little nicer. I don't want to spend a lot of time on video. I still really like the audio format, but for when we're doing like online chats and that kind of stuff or a support group or something, I think it's nice to have that video contact. So I just want to get things set up so it looks kind of decent. But I could keep rambling, but I'm not because we have a lot to cover today and I'm really excited about it. Our format today will include our introduction, which you just heard, and then we'll dive into our mailbag for your questions and comments. I, I love these episodes because I get to hear from you, your questions, your comments and everything. And these are the ones that excite me the most because I get to share your thoughts. And that's what makes this podcast so much more than me. And that's what I love about this podcast. And then we are going to close out with our moment of peace. Yes, we'll still have that one today. Those haven't disappeared. They just haven't been able to fit into the format of the last few episodes. Anyway, I hope you like the format for today. A few things before we move on. I just want to let you know that if you want to reach us, um, wow, this is funny. I haven't done this piece in a while, this little blib, blib. What is it called? Blib? Blip? A blip. Maybe a blip. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> uh, I'm doing okay. Can you tell my voice is kind of up? I know so many of you write in to me when you hear my voice down and say, it's sorry, I don't sound good. And, and I, I don't want to be like that too often, but I also want to connect with you. And sometimes it's okay to have those feelings and connect. Um, but at the same point, I think I love it when I can share feeling good. I told you before, my life is good. Things are good. Yes, I have downtimes. Yes, I had a horrible couple of years with my family. But even though I'm still in bind, even though I still have symptoms, I'm living a, a great life and I'm excited about it. And I'm working with amazing people I never dreamed I would get to work with in, in an area I never dreamed I'd be part of. And um, my experience with benzos got me here. So sometimes there is that silver lining. I think there is. Anyway, before we move on, don't forget, I'd love to hear from you. Comment on our videos on YouTube, our podcast posts, our feedback forum at easinganxiety.com slash feedback. And, you know, while you're there, perhaps you might want to subscribe to our mailing list or even donate to support the work we do. Every little bit does help. And remember, the Benzo Free Podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. There. I got that in. <laughs> Let's move on to our feature. So here we are in the mail room. Um, I feel like I want to do some audio effect, you know, with an echo. It's what seems like I'm in this cavernous, you know, warehouse room that's holding all the mail from the podcast. <laughs> but that doesn't quite work since, number one, all my correspondence with you is virtual. So there is really no mail. I think a few mail items I get, but mostly not. And um, and we don't really have a mail room. <laughs> this is just me in my basement with my mic, my soundboard, my script, and a lot of junk around me that I really need to clean out here over time. <laughs> but anyway... Um, Welcome to the mailroom. Welcome to our mailbag. Today's feature is all mailbag. It's from you. It's your comments, your questions, your concerns, and such. So now one thing too is it's really hard for me to share the mailbag without also sharing on occasion some distressing stories. Um, this first one from Maggie is a little difficult to hear at the beginning. And some of the other ones might be like that too. So I do want to place the caution right now that a few of these stories might be difficult to hear, but when I share your stories, your comments, your questions, it's very difficult to do that without also sharing some of the difficulties, pain, and even anguish for some of you that you've been going through. So I just want to say up front to keep that in mind. Let's dive in. 
This comment is from Maggie. Um, she sent this in a little while ago, and I wanted to open with it since it directly relates to why I do this podcast. Here's what Maggie had to say. I have been listening to your podcast for a couple of years now. I was seeing a natural healer about five years ago who recommended your book to me, which started my long taper. After my first time getting off this horrible drug, I experienced debilitating insomnia, went to the ER, and guess what they gave me? Ativan. I can't remember how long I was on it, but I switched over to Valium and began another two-and-a-half-year taper. Three months ago, I had my last tiny bit of diazepam and was overjoyed to be once and for all relieved of this substance. I was waiting until I felt great to write to you, but unfortunately have been in a month and a half of extreme insomnia. Guess what that very same doctor who helped me taper wanted to prescribe? You guessed it. Benzos. I won't go into details of this torture. We all know what it's like. I'm really struggling to keep the faith that someday I will feel like myself again. My friends have scattered, and my family just doesn't get it. Your book and podcast has helped me through. I know that I am not alone when you share your story and read letters and notes from the mailbag of other listeners who have embarked on such a courageous road to recovery. I have learned that I have inner resolve, and I'm practicing the skill of loving myself through this, which is the best gift of all. Thank you for continuing to create these podcasts. Even though you may not feel 100%, you are helping us. I will keep in touch. I'm praying that we all find peace, fun, and fulfillment. Your benzo-free friend, Maggie. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. It's funny. I can type these in here. And I even went through and I kind of... I have this like bullet system that kind of helps me to read them a little more clearer um, by using, you know, indentations and that kind of stuff. Anyway, you don't need to know that. But my point is here. So I've already read this. And as I put it into the script earlier, and then I read it and it still hits me sometimes. So as I'm reading to you, you know, I, I start to tear up a little bit and um, these hit me. These, these really do. And I just I kind of want to share that with you. Thank, thank you, Maggie. Oh, you've been through a lot. Um, the multiple times, that's just crazy. And I, I, I love the way you wrote, you know, and guess what they gave me out of it. And, and you guessed it. It was, um, it's, it's funny. It would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Um, I'm so grateful that the book has helped you. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. Um, and that, and this is exactly why, you know, I, I, I wanted to, I share these stories. Like you just mentioned that, you said, I know that I am not alone when you share your story and read letters and notes from the mailbag of other listeners. That's why I do this. Anybody who asks me again why I share stories on this podcast, that's why. I get stuff like that. I get stuff like that all the time from you all, and that's why I do it. It's that connection that people are getting through the podcast. Um I love that you found the inner resolve. That is that is great. I um, and practicing that skill of loving yourself. Oh, you know that it seems like it should be one of the simplest things in the world, and yet it could be one of the hardest, especially for those of us who may not have been taught to have that self confidence. But I'm so glad that you are practicing that skill and getting through it. And please, please, please let me know how you're doing, um, how how your progress is going. I know you're gonna be okay. You're you got you got the the right tools in place. You got the right support people out there. I think helping you. You got you're you're going. And I, I'm I'm sorry for all this has done to you, but I I think you're you're gonna be fine. Thank you so much, Maggie, and thank you for sharing. Let's move on to Canada. 
This next one is a short comment from Millie in Canada. She said, ID. I thought the episode on Anxiety the Beast might be too triggering for me, but it was okay. And, and it helped that great content preceded the feature. I really need to keep myself in a cocoon. It's still so very early for me, two weeks since Dr. CT'd me. And I do know at some point I'll need to expand out from that bubble, but not right now. Thanks again, Millie. Well, thank you, Millie. First off, um, the episode Millie is referring to is way back when, episode number nine, <laughs> 95 or just so more than that um, episodes ago. And it was titled Anxiety, the Beast of Benzo Withdrawal. If you want to check it out, I'll put a link in our show notes. But I did want to comment on one thing she mentioned. She was talking about, I really need to keep myself in a cocoon. And I think we all know where she's coming from. Um, oh, also, I do want to mention CT. Um, we do use terminology here. If you don't know CT, she's talking cold turkey, meaning stopped taking the drug abruptly. And um, I've realized by some comments that I do start to use some language that is common in the Benzo community, but that not everybody might know. So I wanted to preface that or, or, or just say that. Um, she mentioned about keeping herself in a cocoon. We've talked about this several times on the podcast. The whole idea of isolation, distraction, these are helpful tools in benzo withdrawal. Psychologically speaking, I know they come with their own um, problems, and it's one of those things that we need to move past, and we do too at some point. But when we are so distraught, um, sometimes in pain, sometimes psychological difficulty, sometimes mental cognitive issues, whatever it is that's going on with your bind or protracted withdrawal state, when you're in that state, sometimes it can be very difficult to calm yourself. And we get in that loop and we get worse and worse and our symptoms kick in and any little stressor from the outside world can set us off. It can be diet. It can be stress. It can be um, conversations with people. It can be all kinds of things can do that. So there is a time for, there is a, a need for distraction and isolation at times and benzo withdrawal. But that being said, there is also a time and a place for us to expand that bubble, to move out, to open up the door and say, okay, world, I'm ready to take you on one step at a time. <laughs> when I say take you on, it's good not to do it all suddenly, but to take small steps to expand yourself and bring yourself back into the world. I think that's really important. So I just wanted to comment on that. Thank you so much, Millie. That was a great comment, and I appreciate you letting me share that on the podcast. Here's a quick one from Nokomis. I think I'm pronouncing this as a Nick. This is a username on YouTube, but I'm just going to pronounce it as Nokomis. This question was um, from an earlier post where this person mentioned that the story I shared um, at that time was certainly discouraging and disheartening. And Nokomis wrote into me and told me that the story was discouraging and disheartening. I think it had really bothered this person. And I replied back. Um, that I walk a fine line and I'm trying to find a balance between just success stories, but also reality and sharing what's like and creating that connection. And you all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, this person responded back with the following. Can you point me to any success stories on your channel? And I thought, oh, well, now there's a good question I can share on the podcast. I like that. So I wanted to share this with you. So thank you, Nokomis, for bringing this up. Um, I do try to share stories. I try to put in caution and warnings um, ahead of them if they're if I think they're going to be too triggering. But at the same point, I don't want to stop sharing those stories because they do connect. As we heard earlier in earlier comment on this on this episode, they do help. They help connect people, and just stopping them is not the right answer. I, I don't believe. Um, also, I think people's stories deserve to be heard, and I think it's important for us to share that. There are many reasons why we need to share these stories. Now, many of our stories we have shared have been success stories, and that's a great thing. So if you're looking for some of those, hey, I can help out. Go to our website, easinganxiety.com. Um, on the top menu bar, there's a search icon, you know, the magnifying glass icon. Type in something like success stories. And as you scroll down, it may not be that first page it shows up. On the second page, you will see things that start with Benzo story. 
these are stories that I have uploaded. I have about 30 plus of them on the website. They're in text and you can go read them and they're success stories and you can go take a look at them and, and, and see what they're like. And then also sometimes this will bring up um, podcast episodes that where I may have focused on success stories. I'm really trying to build our website at easing anxiety so that it is fully searchable. You can find the content. You might even be able to find on the chapter of the content you want. I'm really hoping that this is someplace where people can go and just find something in particular uh, at a time. So yes, you can go to our, our, pod, our website, find a podcast episode with some success stories in it, find maybe some of the written success stories on the website. We have them available. So thank you for asking that question. Our next one is from Illinois, and this is Nancy. Nancy said the following. Hello, D. I'm sorry it has been so long since I last contacted you. I, I hope you and your family are doing well. I have a question for you that I hope you will have some insight into. I know that I have a lot to be thankful for, but it has been one heck of a difficult year for me. I started showing symptoms of the coronavirus in early April and was quite sick, although never hospitalized. I finally thought I was on the road to a full recovery by mid-July, as it took about three months for my lungs to feel normal again. And my Xanax withdrawal symptoms seemed to have abated, and I was hopeful at that time that it would soon be over my benzo ordeal. However, towards the end of July, the hearing in my right ear suddenly became muffled. I wasn't alarmed because otherwise I felt okay. I thought it was due to an air infection, since I had recently been swimming in a lake. I saw an ENT doctor who looked in my ear and decided to clean out some earwax, which was actually pretty painful. Unbelievably, since that time, a full six months at this point, my health and welfare has been severely compromised by extreme pain and pressure in my right ear. I went through several rounds of antibiotics, prednisone, had a CT scan of my temporal lobes, a brain MRI, etc., and still no diagnosis. Unbelievably, I needed a sedative to have the MRI completed in a closed machine, so I agreed to take a Xanax for the first time in about 15 months. And when I did, the pain magically disappeared for a while, only to return. I thought, oh my God, could this possibly be another wave of withdrawal symptoms? Unfortunately, this led me to resume taking Xanax from time to time in small doses to be able to function. I have no idea if it was brought on by a bacterial or viral infection like the coronavirus or something else entirely. Of course, no one wants to take my symptoms seriously, and all doctors refute that there could be any connection with the Xanax. Along with relentless discomfort, I've had horrible zapping in my brain along with some very dark thoughts. Most of the time now it feels like my brain is on fire and I have difficulty thinking. I have become a terrible recluse and barely have the brain power to keep in touch with my close family or friends. I am tired of this. What I am wondering is if any of your contacts have had withdrawal symptoms that were exacerbated from an exposure to the coronavirus. Thank you so much. I, I finally ordered your book a day or two ago and I'm looking forward to reading it. Regards, Nancy. Okay, um, a lot here to digest, Nancy. Thank you so much for sharing. And I'm so sorry for this setback that you're facing. I, there's a lot of factors at play. And that's why, and of course, I got to say up front, um, I say it all the time, but I got to still say it. Just want to remind everybody, I'm not a medical professional and nothing I say should ever be constituted as, or not should ever be considered medical advice. All I can do here is just give you my opinions and share information that I've come across. So many things affect our recovery from benzos um, and our experience with BIND that pretty much anything that happens in our life can cause problems, can set us back. It's our entire nervous system that got messed up. 
And that nervous system has healed for many of us and has healed almost fully for a lot of us, but it's still susceptible to extremes and to extreme stress and extreme conditions like what she went through. Whether her symptoms was caused by the Xanax dosing or was caused by the virus or was caused by an antibiotic, I can't say. Again, I'm not medical, so I really don't know. I think there's a possibility in a lot of those options there. It brings up the complication of COVID and BIND, and I think this is important to talk about. As many as I said up front, and many of you know, I, I think I just came out of long COVID. I think it was the second time my wife and I had it because we both had all the symptoms that were dead on for the early COVID before it was even declared to be in the U.S. Um, we had just traveled, were around international people, came back home, and I believe we both had COVID then. So I think this is the second time we've had it. And this one took us a lot longer to recover. It took us three months. Um, I was about three months before I started to feel better. And I think I'm finally now over it, or at least on the real positive side. And most of the symptoms have, have abated. But the real hard thing about BIND is that anything that seems to happen to our bodies can affect it until we're fully healed. And even then, I don't know. I wish I had solid answers for you, but I don't know. But yes, things in our life can affect it. But also, as I mentioned before about my experience with my parents and all that stress and how well, even though I had setbacks of symptoms, I still got through it. And that would have been extremely stressful and difficult even before I took the benzos and wound up with this protracted state. So I'm just trying to say that we get a lot better and, and, and we do heal. And I believe we heal fully and we get past this, but there are things out there that can cause setbacks. And for me, the best thing we can do at this point is to try to take it in stride. Now, yes, there are some symptoms that kick in that are debilitating and it's really hard to take those in stride. And I get that. I'm not talking about that, but for me, like if I get the recurring um, facial paresthesia, which is the spiders on the face, or I had throat tightening, came back. Um, this was a fun one. I hadn't had that since very early benzos, <laughs> but I had throat tightening and difficulty swallowing. Um, I've had difficulty swallowing for the last couple of weeks, and it's finally now gone back away. I didn't worry about it too much. I would get food trapped in the back of my throat. I couldn't swallow. This was a symptom I had in early bind, in early um, benzo withdrawal. But it also went away quickly and it came back. Some of these really early ones have come back for me. But I didn't freak out about it. I'd been there before. I knew what it was. And guess what? In about a week or two, it went away. And I do think that's what we want to try to get to is that attitude of, oh, yeah, so I'm hitting a wave. Okay, it's just a wave. I can get through this and the next wave will probably be less. And it usually is. And we do get better and the waves get smaller. And over time, if you look on the whole aggregate, on the whole spread of things, if you look back to where you started from, nine times out of 10 or even more than that, maybe 98% of the time, you're going to see how far you have come. It's just when you suddenly have a window and feel so wonderful and then hit that wave, it's hard to accept that because you are feeling good. And, and I think we started to cling to this idea that we're, we're healed. And so those ways when they hit are a very painful reminder to us that we haven't fully healed yet. So I do think how we look at it is significant when things like this happen. Um, but anyway, so one of the things I faced was with this long COVID, symptoms can be similar. Um, to so there's some symptoms that are similar to bind. And so my wife and I are comparing our symptoms and what she's having and I'm having. Of course, she didn't have bind, so we could kind of compare. But if you look on the CDC's website on um, for um, COVID, fever and chills, cough, shortness of breath, those are more unique to that. But it also lists fatigue, muscle body aches, headache, new taste or taste or smell, diarrhea, stomach discomfort. These are all very common in bind. So there is some overlap. So again, one of the things we all face in BIND is knowing what is a symptom and what isn't. And that is difficult. And that is one of the things that was brought up by this comment. 
Um, I think, you know, what Nancy's dealing with is, is a lot of not knowing and that's the frustration. And I wish there was a better answer to that. But anyway, thank you, Nancy, for sharing. Let's hear from Noah. This brief question comes from our YouTube channel and Noah wrote, is it normal to have memory issues like forgetting names after dropping off of Valium after six months of prescribed use? Well, thank you, Noah, for that. Um, memory loss is a very common symptom of benzo use. Cognitive difficulty. <laughs> right there is a perfect example of cognitive difficulty. Um, cognitive difficulty Ooh. is um, very common. So, yes, our brains are affected by long-term use. Six months off of Valium is considered long-term use. Anything longer than two to four weeks is considered long-term use. So, yes. Memory loss is common, cognitive difficulties, cognitive issues are common. So this definitely could be caused by the volume. Hopefully, since you're only out for six months, hopefully maybe this will be pretty short-lived for you and um, you'll get your faculties back pretty soon. We don't really know how the length of use and or the dosage affects the level of symptoms. There really haven't been any definitive studies on that, and it's something we still are trying to figure out. So hopefully that will be figured out. But yes, just wanted to say that cognitive difficulties is a very common symptom of dependence to benzodiazepines. Let's move over to Argentina. I am constantly amazed and delighted by the number of comments I receive from all over the globe. It just blows my mind that people in other parts of the world actually listen to my podcast. It's so cool. So thank you for that. This one's from Sylvia in Argentina. Argentina, Argentina, not Argentina. It's hard to say Sylvia in Argentina, I want to say instead of Sylvia. And you can tell I'm kind of honorary today. I'm sorry. It's the weekend here. I'm eight years benzo free. Yay. And um, I'm doing pretty good. And I want to share that with you all. When I'm doing good, I want to let you know I'm doing good. Because so, I know many of you watch my progress and think, oh, there he's having a bad day and I'm going to have. We know it doesn't work that way. But I'm doing good. And I'm so glad that you are, um, that I can share these, these moments with you. And this isn't just moments. Most of the time I am feeling pretty good, especially over the last, you know, few months or so getting getting free of all the things that I dealt with the last couple of years and moving forward and trying to get into things, you know, things are getting better. Anyway, let's get back to Sylvia in Argentina. <laughs> let's get back to Sylvia in Argentina. She writes, great podcast. I'm from Argentina. <laughs> I left antipsychotics this year and I'm trying to leave clonazepam now. I went through my divorce this year and it wasn't easy. I'm a sensitive person, and there was 20 years of relationship. Hang on a second. God, wow, that one hit me. Sorry, Sylvia. Um, that made me enter in crisis, but now I'm fine and accept these things of life. Thank you for your words. I hope to find love again sometime because it is the most important experience in my life, Sylvia. Oh, I'm so sorry, Sylvia. God, that one. Wow, that <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. I didn't. Anyway, um, Sylvia, thank you. Sorry for the emotions, but I'm not. I shouldn't say that. I am not sorry for the emotions. They're genuine. I'm not making them happen. That one just surprised me. The the fact that she ended a 20 year relationship or, or a 20 year relationship was ended through all this um, breaks my heart and I'm really sorry for it. And I, all I can say is I know you're going to move on to better things. I know there's going to be good things coming for you. Um, oh, wow. It's, it's, it's so amazing. I, I being a sensitive person. Hey, welcome to the club. <laughs> I am a sensitive person. I know I am. Um, I've learned a lot of tools to help be a little less sensitive because it's a tough way to live. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm still an emotionally sensitive person. Many of us who suffer from anxiety, and which is the reason why a lot of us took these drugs, insomnia, of course, being another major factor, um, are like that. Um, the more sensitive we are, the more anxiety we often have. 
So it's real common. I really hope you find love again. I, I know, I think you will. You're, you're going to do this. I got confidence in you. So I can't wait to hear from you when you do. You did mention the antipsychotics. Um, I think that's amazing that you got off the antipsychotics and now you're trying to get off the clonazepam. I know how hard that is when there is more than one drug involved. And I'm so glad that you have made the progress you have and I know you're going to continue. But when you said that you're, you're fine now and accept these things in life, I just love that statement because that statement is the progress we're all seeking. Um, that acceptance that we've talked about so many times on this show. And I'm just so glad that you're experiencing that. And I'm, um, I'm with you. I am with you, Sylvia from Argentina. <laughs> and I, I just, I just want you to know that I feel for you. My heart's there for you. And I, I hope you find that person by your side. Who's gonna, you know, who's going to provide that love you're looking for. So. Let's move on to our last one. This is our last one. It's from Blake on YouTube. You know, many individuals still listen to the older episodes of the podcast, which are amazing. I get, we're up to about, this is what I was amazing. I don't think I mentioned this on you. I don't pay attention to statistics. Sorry, Blake. I'm going di to diverge for a second. I'll come back to you. <laughs> um, I don't pay attention to statistics very much. Um, I rarely ever look at them. I kept saying for the last nine months or whatever, that we have about a thousand downloads a month of the podcast because that's what it was doing. And um, and I went on there to look up something and I looked and that's going, what is my average? My average is now 3,000 or over 3,000 downloads a month. And I'm going, when did that happen? <laughs> but I was really happy to see it. Um, and I was saddened to see it. Um, I'm saddened to see that maybe that many people need this. That's a sad thing. But I am happy that that many people found this and hopefully are getting something from it. So anyway, one of the things I notice it is in that, as I mentioned, is in that 3000 download number, many people are listening to older episodes. Either they may have, you know, done a Google search on Benzo Belly, which is like one of the most common ones or whatever, and found that episode. So they go listen to it. Or Maybe they just joined in with the current episode and then decided to go back and listen to the archives, which is great. Or maybe they're re-listening to some old episodes they have. I, I don't know what the reason is, but I think it's pretty cool that they do that. So um, let me share what Blake had to say, and um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it for a second. This is from Blake. Thanks for sharing your story. I always feel better hearing other people's journey through withdrawal. I was on Xanax for insomnia for 15 years. I'm two and a half years off, and it's been the hardest thing by far I've endured. I gained 30 pounds in age 20 years. My personality has changed. My body and face changed. But I hoped one day to be as content as you seem to be. Blake. Now, I know that may not have been the most uplifting one to close on, but I liked closing on it for a few reasons. One is, um, he mentioned, I always feel better hearing other people's journeys. We've heard that a few times today in the stories I've shared. And I'm, I'm really glad that these people have written to me and said this. And I can share that with you to say, this is why we share these stories. This is why we share these comments. He also mentioned about the change in personality and that we have seen. And that's something we don't talk about maybe enough on this. And maybe we should do an episode on that personality change because it, I had it. I am a different person than I was. Some people have, many people have experienced that. And it's not, not to be unexpected. Whenever we go through a major alteration in our life, as this is a traumatic event for many of us, that often leads to personality changes. Now, they don't have to be negative. They can be positive changes. I believe in my life, they were all positive changes. And I think that's great as far as my personality goes, not as far as all the other symptoms go. And then he says, I hope to be as content as you seem to be. This is what I wanted to end on. I hope so too. Um, my contentness, and this is what I want to talk about, has nothing to do with Benzos. It has nothing to do with bind. It has nothing to do with long COVID. It has nothing to do with my job. It has nothing to do with my wife. It has nothing to do 
with anything outside of myself. I'm not about to tell you you just have to think it and it's real because that's bull. <laughs> um, it's not that simple. We all know that. But I do believe that your contentness with life, your happiness, your joy, your meaning you find in life comes from within. It's not always easy to find. It's not always easy to achieve. And it takes work. But we get that from inside. I've gotten my contentness, my contentness from inside. I've gotten my joy of life from inside. I'm constantly working on improving how I perceive the world in a more positive way, in a more loving way, in a more accepting way. I think one of the few things we seem to, how do I put this? One of the few things in the, the world today is I feel like we see the world as against us far more than we see it as supporting us. And I think that's shown in so many things we see around us. I am trying to see the, moral, the world more as supporting us. And I believe we get what we ask for to some degree. I'm not saying it's anything mystical. I'm just saying... I'm just saying that by putting negative energy out there is not the way to attract positive energy to us. If you want good, if you want love, if you want joy, you need to put those things out in the world. I believe that. And even more important, you need to give those things to yourself. Take care of yourself. Treat yourself well. Love yourself. Care for yourself. Find confidence in yourself. Accept what has happened to you, but find your own joy. And once you do that, once you find that inner source of joy, of contentment, nobody can take it away from you. Thanks, Blake. And thanks to everybody for your stories. Um, this is great. I love going through these things and talking with each one of you. It um, always... It always helps to lift my heart. Now, if you don't mind, just give me about 25 seconds for our disclaimer, and then we will get on with our moment of peace. Thanks. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical, health, or psychological advice, nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benson Free Podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. And that brings us to our closing, our moment of peace. It's just one minute, and it's an opportunity to quiet your mind a bit before you return to the chaos of the real world. Please remember that you should only do this if you are in a safe place where you can close your eyes Relax, and let the world pass by without you for a minute. It's been a long time since I've done one of these, so let's fall back on our old standard, breathing meditation today. It's perhaps the simplest form of meditation. Just focus on your breath. Breathing in breathing out. Don't try to control it. Just focus on it and allow your mind to clear of other thoughts. Let's get started. Close your eyes and relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly. Let's do that again. Take a deep breath in. 
hold it for a second, and let it out slowly along with all the stress of the day. One more time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. And let it out slowly, relaxing your entire body. Now just breathe slowly, naturally, and completely. and focus on your breath. If your mind wanders, just gently bring it back to your breathing. No judgment whatsoever. Continue to do this for one minute. Our next scheduled episode is episode 106, and it will be released in September after I return back home from our road trip. Thank you again for joining me today, and please, let us know how we did. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.